The Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey combines a commitment to sensitive care with a state-of-the-art program. We proudly present Fertility Talk with RSCNJ. Here's Melanie Cole. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services estimates that up to 5% of pregnant women may experience up to two consecutive miscarriages. My guest today is Dr. William Ziegler. He's board-certified specialist in reproductive endocrinology and infertility at the Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ziegler. So women are so excited when they get pregnant. What do you see the most if a woman suffers a miscarriage? What's the most common reason? Well, in In most recurrent pregnancy loss patients, we can find an etiology for their losses in probably around 40% of the cases. In 60%, we cannot find a reason why. So we have to just empirically treat them. When we take a look at um, the statistics in which you just mentioned, that we know that up to 50% of all fertilized eggs do not progress. And basically, they undergo what's called a chemical pregnancy loss which when you take a look at the definition of recurrent pregnancy loss, you find many different definitions out there. The one that we kind of go by is if somebody has had two documented pregnancies within the uterus, that did not continue. Um, This is when we start to intervene because we'd rather not have a couple go through a third loss um, because it it does carry with it a lot of psychological baggage that can really affect a uh, couple's relationship and their and their outlook on getting pregnant within the future. Up to 30% of pregnancies are lost between implantation and six weeks. So what we try to do is to identify causes that could affect implantation. Are there certain risk factors? Is there a genetic predisposition to having miscarriages? Is age a factor? You know, what about car accidents, things like that? Give us some of the risk factors, things that women should think about. I think the biggest one is age, uh, maternal age, that as a woman does get older, we do know there is a higher risk of pregnancy losses. Over the age of 40, you're looking at close to 65 to 70% of all pregnancies are going to uh, result in a loss within the first trimester. One of the major causes is basically genetics. Um, up to 70% of all early losses are due to chromosomal abnormalities, and 30% of second trimester losses have abnormal chromosomes. So these are some big issues that we try to identify. When we take a look at, you were mentioning before about car accidents, trauma, the, the actual statistics out on that are quite skewed. So we do know that if somebody is in a car accident, they are at a higher risk for having a pregnancy loss if they are pregnant at that time. It also depends on where they are within the, within the gestation. Well, that's a good point. Is there a certain point in your cycle there, in your gestational cycle, that, that you're more subject to miscarriage? And can a woman kind of breathe a sigh of relief once she's passed, say, the first trimester? Yes. A- after we document a pregnancy in the uterus and we see heart motion, the miscarriage rate is down from, as I mentioned before, around 50% down to around 20%. At eight weeks, if the pregnancy is progressing normally and the heart rate is visualized, then the miscarriage rate drops down to 5%, and at 12 weeks, it drops down to 2%. So after 12 weeks, your miscarriage rate is really 2%, except in those that have a history of recurrent pregnancy losses, then that number is a bit higher, that even 
after we see fetal viability by ultrasound, still the miscarriage rate is still around 20 to 25% when in most cases it would drop down to 5%. Women have a little spotting, sometimes bleeding a little bit during pregnancy. All kinds of things happen. But one of the biggest fears is that miscarriage. Are there some symptoms that you want women to get themselves right into the hospital if they experience? Yes, if, if a woman is experiencing pain that's doubling her over or bleeding heavier than a period, those are the big warning signs. We do get spotting in the first trimester. It is quite common. This is mainly due to implantation bleeding as the pregnancy is growing. It's invading uh, a woman's blood vessels and it can cause some spotting. Also, the uterus is very vascular. And when a woman is pregnant, the blood vessels are larger or, or are engorged with blood. So even bearing down to have a bowel movement or urination can break a blood vessel in the cervix and that can cause some spotting, especially and even if the uh, patient is having relations, that even that act can induce some spotting also. Okay, so are there certain activities that you tell women I, I, I would not like you to engage in because it's going to put you at risk? We always recommend that the women that come to see us are already at risk for having a law. So therefore, what we try to do is for those women that are very athletic, we kind of curtail their aerobic activity to where they can just do like free weights or isolated muscle groups, but aerobics like the treadmill, the elliptical, even this, even uh, I have some patients who like going to what's called hot yoga. I probably would not recommend that, mainly because it does shunt blood away from the organs that don't need it. And since you don't use your uterus for aerobic activity, that blood gets shunted away from that organ. And therefore, we don't know the impact that really has. So we kind of limit their aerobic activity. And what kind of treatments are available for women that have recurrent pregnancy loss or miscarriages? Is there a way to stop one once it's started? Um, Well, I think we have to start looking at prevention. And we take a look at um, a couple's history, uh, smoking and alcohol use and and heavy uh, coffee consumption are some red flags also that we try to uh, address before, before they get pregnant. There are some endocrine issues such as diabetes, thyroid disease which can actually cause a problem with ovulation. We take a look at a woman's uterus to make sure that it's not misshapen. Um, uterine septums are the most common anatomical cause of pregnancy losses, and if we see that, then we can address it. Um, we also check for infections, such as ureaplasm, mycoplasma, chlamydia. There are some things that, some bacteria that can live in the cervix that can cause pregnancy losses. Also, there are some, Im- some immunological causes, too, that can affect a pregnancy, and we try to treat those. After we identify any reason for having a loss, we try to address it either uh, correcting an endocrine issue or even surgery if it is an anatomical issue. But sometimes, as I mentioned before, in 60% of cases, we cannot identify a reason why. So we try to then improve on the egg quality. We try to improve on the uterine lining. um, And some of the things that we use for that are fertility medications. And by using the fertility medications, again, can help improve the quality of the egg a woman makes, the quality of the embryo, and also improve the endometrial receptivity of the implantation and then of this embryo. If or when a patient gets pregnant, we then put them on supplemental progesterone just to keep the progesterone level high so their uterus doesn't start to contract, so they don't have a problem that 
we take the progesterone uh, deficiency that could cause a pregnancy loss out of the picture by supplementing them. So what do you tell parents, Dr. Ziegler, about about this situation and giving them some feeling of hope that when they are pregnant and they get pregnant and they're so happy about what they can do and, and to keep this pregnancy viable? Well, we kind of counsel all of our patients the same. Once they do get pregnant, we do stress um, the environmental issues such as smoking and um, alcohol use and, and caffeine use, and we try to you know, we, we, we want them to limit that as best as possible. And smoking, we'd like for them to cease doing that. Um, we look at their activity. Again, we, we need to curtail any um, activities that would increase a heart rate uh, that would cause shunting of blood away from the uterus. We, again, supplement them in, and with progesterone to help them carry the pregnancy. And then we just, they, they can live their normal life. And if they start having any problems and then they have to, give us a phone call, and then we can address them at that time. And tell us about your team at Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey. Well, patients do see an individual physician. However, we do treat the patient as part of the team. We have physicians. We have physician assistants. We have nursing staff. We have our front office staff, and everybody knows the patient. And we try to tailor uh, their treatment uh, to their needs. And it's not just one physician looking at a patient's chart, but we have several physicians looking at a patient's chart, and we get input from everybody so we can better serve the patient and help them get pregnant quickly so they can move on with the next chapter and another life. Thank you so much for the great information, Dr. Ziegler. You're listening to Fertility Talk with the Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey. For more information, you can go to fertilitynj.com. That's fertilitynj.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.